The following list of boo-boos popped up on the internet. It didn't come from any peer-reviewed journal. However, it resonated with me and it will probably ring true for you also. Sometimes it's worth going back to basics when it comes to job interviews. Hopefully, after listening to this podcast, which talks about the key reasons why people fail to win the job, you're going to think, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, and you'll know that you're all fine to win that next job. Welcome to Career Chinwags for the 21st Century. I'm a career practitioner who's worked with thousands of clients over the past 20 years, so I've had quite a bit of time to think about career issues. Each fortnight, I pick up on an issue that takes my fancy. Sometimes it's very practical, such as episode four, where I give some advice about how to prepare for a job interview on Zoom. Other episodes tend to cover more big picture topics, such as podcast 15, where I encourage anybody whoever has to recruit someone to see the world from their side so that you don't miss out on excellent employees. In today's episode, I'm going to cover nine errors that people commonly make in interviews, which means they miss out on the job. And as always, there'll be tips to help you out. Here goes. Error number one is coming across as being inarticulate. I recently worked with a dynamic millennial. He was stylish, enthusiastic, and seemed to know his stuff. I say seemed with a bit of doubt because that wasn't what he actually conveyed. His like count was one in four, as in every fourth word he used was like. For example, I like went to the shop and they like didn't have what I wanted, so I like decided just to look online. Another word he kept repeating was kinder, as in I'm kind of interested in IT programming. He was actually 27 years old, but he sounded like a naive 21-year-old. The final issue that stopped him from sounding articulate was his extremely limited vocabulary. But actually, now that I come to think about it, I have no idea how extensive his vocabulary was or is. He may have known more words that you can poke a stick at, but any listener would have no idea. The message is, you will find it much easier to get the job offer if you're able to easily and smoothly articulate your value to a prospective employer. It is possible to eliminate these verbal tics. I worked a couple of years ago with two young people from the same organisation whose jobs were being made redundant at the same time, and they were serving out their notice, so they were still going back to work and chatting to each other every day. And I raised the issue of like, both of them had the habit, and they went back and they had a competition between themselves as to how quickly they could eliminate it from their vocabulary. I had always thought it would take two to three months and I was so amazed they got rid of it in about four days. It worked in time for their interviews. The second issue is when you come across as having a lack of interest and enthusiasm. And there's usually two possible reasons here. The first is that you actually are keen and motivated but that your voice lets you down. And the second is that you have in fact lost your drive and motivation in general. So what can you do? Think of your voice as an instrument and use it to your advantage. Think about having light and shade when you speak. Change the volume to keep them interested. For example, we use speed to signal importance. If you're saying something that's not really important, then you'll rush and you'll speak quite quickly, as I've just done. Whereas if something is important, 
you will slow down and you will make sure you should slow down and make sure that the other person has understood. This will allow your listener to keep interested but also to pick up on important information. I've talked a lot more about voice a couple of episodes ago in my podcast about first impressions at interviews. If the issue is that you're not interested in that specific role, you probably won't get the job because it tends to show through. If it's more serious and you've had enough of work in general, you really do need to bring in the big guns. Access a specialist, whether it's a a mental health specialist, a life coach, a career expert. As soon as you notice signs of you being disenchanted with the workplace, start. Because the longer you leave it, the longer it is going to be for you to get your mojo back. A third reason for missing out on a job is coming across as overly aggressive. I was shocked the other day during an interview preparation session when one of my clients folded his arms across his chest and leaned back in his chair. Um, That's a really extreme body language error and I was so surprised that he didn't realise it was not advisable. It's worth you researching the culture that you're going to be interviewing in. A European friend of mine told me about six months ago that he botched up his first job interview here in Australia. He had spent all of his adult life working in the United States and he thought that it was appropriate to be very aggressive in in an interview here and it just does not go down well in Australia. And the irony and probably the sad thing or the pity was that his natural demeanour was not at all pushy. He'd forced himself down this delivery style only to find it backfire. What to do? In episode 21, I talk a lot about body language. I talk a lot about Sola's position. Two of the specific areas of Sola's position relate to aggression. And the first issue is how you sit in the chair with the recommendation that you don't lean back. You lean forward slightly in your chair towards the other person. You still show a strong stance with your shoulders back, of course, but it shows a desire to connect with the other person by leaning forward slightly. And the second part of Sola's position is O, which is to have an open body, i.e. don't cross your arms. If your issue is a cultural issue, I think your best bet is to talk to business people at your level and ask their advice on how strong your marketing should be in the culture that you're interviewing in. The fourth reason that people miss out on a job is when it's not their fault. I walked out of an interview many years ago now and thought to myself, wow, I wouldn't have even hired me. I knew the job was well within my grasp and I thought I would actually really enjoy it. So what went wrong? My interviewer basically never stopped talking the whole time and just didn't give me the chance to speak. And more to the point of this podcast, I wasn't skilled enough to deal with her lack of skill. How does it happen? How do interviewers do that? Well, you're never really going to know. It might be that they're just self-important. It might be they're so thrilled with the opportunity that they're presenting to you that they just ramble on and on. Rather than just give up, I recommend that you put your interrupt antennae on high alert. Listen to what the interviewer is saying and take advantage of any possibility to interrupt naturally. Acknowledge what they've just said and then start your, of course, relevant spiel. Speak strongly and confidently, and in this way, you convey that it was normal for you to interrupt. So let's look at an example. 
let's say the interviewer says, we think customers are central to everything we do here, with a brief pause. You jump in and say, that's great. I wouldn't want to work for an organisation that didn't think that way. In my last job, I, and off you go. At the end of the interview, when you're asked if you have any questions, you can also use this prompt to add more content if you need to. For example, you could say, yes, I do have some questions, but I'd also like to cover off on a few areas that will help you assess my suitability and then deliver some key content that's been missed in the interview. Here, it will be important that you structure your response well. That way, as you're talking, the interviewer has a clear idea of where you're heading and is more likely to stay with you as you keep talking. The fifth reason of missing out on a job is when you have an inability to express information clearly. This is so common that if I were a betting person, I'd lay odds on you falling into this trap. Here are three of the most common problems. Number one is when you have a lack of structure where you don't develop the argument or the point in a linear fashion. Number two, I've sort of touched on, is when you have poor vocabulary or you have incorrect pronunciation or enunciation. And the third one is when you have a chaotic response to questions because you have a lack of knowledge about critical workplace issues or because you just haven't prepared for the interview. What can you do? In order to present a structured response, write your war stories out using either the PAR or the STAR model. Practice, practice, practice and keep to the structure. If your issue relates to vocab or pronunciation, look up job ads at your level and take note of the key qualities the marketplace is asking for and then ask a language guru to check that you correctly pronounce key words. If your problem is the lack of vocabulary, listen to evocative words that other people use and make a deliberate effort to adopt them in your everyday language so that you gradually over time expand your vocabulary. And in relation to the third issue, keep up to date with current industry issues. Think through your workplace philosophy and make sure that you can enunciate it clearly. Error number six is if you have a negative attitude about past employers or team members. To me, this is a no-brainer. Yet, you may be asked to describe a situation where you are working in a poorly functioning team, or you may feel that the only way to talk about how you improved something at work is to criticise somebody else's behaviour. So how do you respond to this one? If at all possible, button your lips. When you are specifically asked, Move the focus from your boss or your organisation to what you did. If the question asks you about a difficult boss, for example, use minimalist language. Tone it down. She sometimes struggled a bit too. And switch immediately to outline your actions that solve the problem. Issue number seven, an overemphasis on money. I was on an interview panel where a candidate asked whether the salary was negotiable. Afterwards, the CEO was adamant in refusing to hire her, believing that the money on offer would not keep her there for long. 
Separately, I was also debriefed by a client with whom I had discussed salary negotiation. He reported that he went beyond the list that we had come up with to ask for just one more thing. This final request resulted in feedback that he didn't fit their culture and a withdrawal of the job offer. So what do you do? Of course, negotiate your salary, but do so with skill. Take advice from experts, always checking that it is culturally appropriate for the organisation, the industry and the city or the country that you're interviewing in. I must say, I find reason number eight a bit weird, but apparently people miss out on jobs because they show no sense of humour. Now, how can you tell if you have no sense of humour? We're not talking here about whether you can crack a good joke or not. That is an approach that you should avoid at all costs. I think what they're talking about is whether your content is so heavy and serious that it makes you look grim. What do you do? I think you start with the premise that you need to prove that you have a sense of humour. So judiciously give the occasional light-hearted answer and show self-awareness. Mention other people in your stories and bring them to life so that you appear comfortable with the quirks and personalities of others. Number nine is a sad one. People miss out on jobs because they come across as nervous, lacking in confidence and lacking in poise. Now, when I work with clients, I ban the word quite because it minimizes and diminishes everything that comes afterwards. I'm quite good at leadership. Really? And then sometimes there's an um, or too many ums, which I find usually pops up when somebody hasn't done their homework and they stumble through an answer. And it also seems to come up when my client is not confident about whether their content's good enough or not. Once we ban the word quite, once we work on content such that they are confident that it's good content, I tend to find these issues just disappear. What can you do? I'm going to say it again. Get your content vetted by an expert and then practice out aloud many times until you're sick to death of the whole thing. Of course, one classic reason for missing out on a job is being late for the interview. One of my friends managed to gain the sympathy of the panel when this happened to her and she still won the job. But then I have some amazing friends. I'm afraid that punctuality is a life rather than a career skill issue and it's outside of my remit. Good luck with that one. The bottom line, I think, is that interviews are a performance. Now, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but I sing in aged care facilities a couple of times a month, and the response I get from my audience can vary considerably. I always get the request to sing Dame Vera Lynn's A Nightingale Sang in Barclay Square, and I've already performed two of her classic songs. Some days, there's just not much feedback, especially if I'm singing to residents in the memory unit. When this happens, I do find it quite hard to have faith in my performance and I do sing worse. However, there is a standard below which my performance never drops because my singing is backed up by lessons and practice. The same theory should apply to you and any interviews you attend. Find someone to help you reach a solid minimum standard and then practice, practice, practice. 
That way you will attain a performance level where if you miss out on a job, it's for the right reason. That is, you and the organisation were not a good fit. Not because both you and perhaps your interviewer were poorly skilled at interviews. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you like what you've heard, you know what to do. Please share the podcast or leave a review. I'm doing a podcast every fortnight and next episode, it's going to be a really complex one and I hope I can pull it off. I'm going to use advice from global marketing experts and transfer their advice across to the career space. Remember, if you want to review anything I've talked about, there are notes on my website, www.careerconsult.com.au. And I do a mail out once a fortnight of my content, whether it's a video, a blog, an infographic. If you're interested, either contact the office or you'll find a sign-up form on my website. Let's finish with the hashtag, hashtag, why not be happy at work? Music.